Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We welcome you all warmly, affectionately, hope you're all safe and uh, well and as happy as you can be in this, these very troubled times we're living, we're going through now. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami explains why we're doing what we're doing. It goes like this. Sarva yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandoditaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Padamananda Pataya Premavarshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chuchutakada hanamunchakada mam O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we reach the third chapter of the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam talks between Lord Shiva and Sati and the plot is thickening of this disagreement between Lord Shiva and Daksha the father of Sati we're starting with text 22. Sati has asked Shiva uh, to go to the sacrifice that Daksha is performing and all the demigods and 
her sisters and husbands are dressing up and going there and she wants to go. Now Lord Shiva is explaining to her the, re the reality. My dear young wife, could I have a Q-Kleenex, please? My dear young wife, certainly friends and relatives offer mutual greetings by standing up, welcoming one another, and offering obeisances. But those who are elevated to the transcendental platform, being intelligent, offer such respects to the Supersoul, who is sitting within the body, not to the person who identifies with the body. Purport. <clears throat> it may be argued that since Daksha was the father-in-law of Lord Shiva, it was certainly the duty of Lord Shiva to offer him respect. In answer to that argument, it is explained here that when a learned person stands up or offer, offers obeisances and welcome, he offers respect to the Supersoul, who is sitting within everyone's heart. It is seen, therefore, among Vaishnavas that even when a disciple offers obeisances to his spiritual master, the spiritual master immediately returns the obeisances because they are mutually offered, not to the body, but to the Supersoul. Therefore, the spiritual master also offers respect to the Supersoul situated in the body of his disciple. The Lord says in Srimad Bhagavatam that offering respect to his devotee is more valuable than offering respect to him. Devotees do not identify with the body, so offering respect to a Vaishnava means offering respect to Vishnu. It is stated also that as a matter of etiquette, as soon as one sees a Vaishnava, one must immediately offer him respect, indicating the Supersoul sitting within. A Vaishnava sees the body as a temple of Vishnu. Since Lord Shiva had already offered respect to the Supersoul in Krishna consciousness, offering respect to Daksha, who identified with his body, was already performed. There was no need to offer respect to his body, for that is not directed by any Vedic injunction. Text 23 <clears throat> I am always engaged in offering obeisances to Lord Vasudev in pure Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness is always pure consciousness in which the Supreme Personality of Godhead known as Vasudeva is revealed without any covering. Purport The living entity is constitutionally pure. Asango yayam purushat In the Vedic literature it is said that the soul is always pure and uncontaminated by material attachment. The identification of the body with the soul is due to misunderstanding. As soon as one is fully Krishna conscious, it is to be understood that one is in his pure, original, constitutional position. This state of existence is called Shuddha Sattva, 
which means that it is transcendental to the material qualities. Since this Shuddha-sattva existence is under the direct action of the internal potency, in this state the activities of material consciousness stop. For example, when iron is put into fire, it becomes warm, and when red-hot, although it is iron, it acts like fire. Similarly, when copper is surcharged with electricity, its action in, as copper stops, it acts as electricity. Bhagavad Gita 14.26 also confirms that anyone who en engages in unadulterated devotional service to the Lord is at once elevated to the position of pure Brahman. Mam chayobhyabicharena bhakti yogena sevate sagunan samati jaitan brahmabhuyaya kalpate. Therefore, Shuddha-sattva, as described in this verse, is the transcendental position, which is technically called Vasudeva. Vasudeva is also the name of the person from whom Krishna appears. This verse explains that the pure state is called Vasudeva, because in that state, Vasudeva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is revealed without any covering. To execute unadulterated devotional service, therefore, one must follow the rules and regulations of devotional service without desire to gain material profit by fruitive activities or mental speculation. In pure devotional service, one simply serves the Supreme Personality of Godhead as a matter of duty, without reason and without and without being impeded by material conditions. That is called Shuddha-sattva, or Vasudeva. Because in that stage, the Supreme Person Krishna is revealed in the heart of the devotee. Srila Jiva Goswami has very nicely described this Vasudeva, or Shuddha-sattva, in his Bhagavat Sandarbha. He explains that Ashotara Shatta, 108 is added to the name of the spiritual master to indicate one who is situated in Shuddha-sattva or in the transcendental state of Vasudeva. The word Vasudeva is also used for other purposes. For example, Vasudeva also means one who is everywhere or all-pervading. The sun is also called Vasudeva Shabditam. The word Vasudeva may be utilized for different purposes, but whatever purpose we adopt, Vasudeva means the all-pervading or localized Supreme Personality of Godhead. In Bhagavad Gita 7.19, it is also stated, Vasudevak Sarvamiti. Factual realization is to understand Vasudeva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and surrender unto Him. Vasudeva is the ground wherein Vasudeva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is revealed. When one is free from the contamination of material nature and is situated in pure Krishna consciousness or in the Vasudeva state, 
Vasudeva, the Supreme Person, is revealed. This state is also called Kaivalya, which means pure consciousness. Jnanam Satvikam Kaivalyam. When one is situated in pure transcendental knowledge, one is situated in Kaivalyam, Kaivalya. Therefore, Vasudeva also means Kaivalya, a word which is generally used by impersonalists. Impersonal Kaivalya, impersonal Kaivalya is not the last stage of realization, but in Krishna consciousness, Kaivalya, when one understands the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then one is successful. In that pure state, by hearing, chanting, remembering, and so on, because of the development of knowledge of the science of Krishna, one can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. All these activities are under the guidance of the internal energy of the Supreme Lord. The action of the internal potency is also described in this verse as apavrita, free from any covering. Because the Supreme Personality of Godhead, His name, His form, His quality, His paraphernalia, and so on, being transcendental or beyond material nature, it is not possible to understand any one of them with the materialistic senses. When the senses are purified by the discharge of pure devotional service, Rishikena Rishikesha, Sevanam, Bhakti Ruchite, the pure senses can see Krishna without covering. Now one may inquire that since factually the devotee has the same material existential body, how is it possible that the same materialistic eyes become purified by devotional service? The example is stated by Lord Chaitanya is that devotional service cleanses the mirror of the mind. In a clean mirror, one can see one's face very distinctly. Similarly, simply by cleansing the mirror of the mind, one can have a clear conception of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita 8.8, Abhyasa Yoga Yuktena. By executing one's prescribed duties in devotional service, Chaitasa Nanya Gamina, or simply by hearing about God and chanting about Him, if one's mind is always engaged in chanting and hearing, and is not allowed to go elsewhere, one can realize the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As confirmed by Lord Chaitanya, by the bhakti process, beginning from hearing and chanting, one can cleanse the heart and mind, and thus one can clearly see the face of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Lord Shiva said, that since his heart was always filled with the conception of Vasudeva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, because of the Supreme Lord's presence within his mind and heart, he was always offering obeisances unto that Supreme Godhead. In other words, Lord Shiva 
is always in trance, samadhi. This samadhi is not under the control of the devotee. It is under the control of Vasudeva, or the, for the entire inter, internal energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead act under His order. Of course, the material energy also acts by His order, but His direct will is specifically executed through the spiritual energy. Thus, by His spiritual energy, He reveals Himself. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita 4.6 Sambhavam Yatmamayaya Atmamayaya means internal potency. By his sweet will, he reveals himself by his internal potency, being satisfied by the transcendental loving service of the devotee. The devotee never commands, My dear Lord, please come here so that I can see you. It is not the position of the devotee to command the Supreme Personality of Godhead to come before him or to dance before him. There are many so-called devotees who command the Lord to come before them dancing. The Lord, however, is not subject to anyone's command, but he is satisfied by one's pure devotional activities. The Lord, however, is not subject to anyone's command, but if he is satisfied by one's pure devotional activities, he reveals himself. Therefore, a meaningful word in this verse is adhokshaja, for it indicates that the activities of our material senses will fail to realize the Supreme Personality of Godhead. One cannot realize the Supreme Personality of Godhead simply by the attempt of one's speculative mind. But if one desires, he can subdue all the material activities of his senses and the Lord, by manifesting his spiritual energy, can reveal himself to the pure devotee. When the Supreme Personality of Godhead reveals himself to the pure devotee, the devotee has no other duty than to offer him respectful obeisances. The Absolute Truth reveals Himself to the devotee in His form. He is not formless. Vasudeva is not formless. For it is stated in this verse that as soon as the Lord, the Lord reveals Himself, the devotee offers His obeisances. Obeisances are offered to a person, not to anything impersonal. One should not accept the Mayavad interpretation that Vasudeva is impersonal. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, prapadyate, one surrenders. One surrenders to a person, not to impersonal, non-duality. Whenever there is a question of surrendering or offering obeisances, there must be an object of surrender or obeisances. Text 24 Therefore you should not see your father, although he is the giver of your body, because he and his followers are envious of me, 
because of his envy, O most worshipful one. He has insulted me with cruel words, although I am innocent. Purport. <clears throat> For a woman, both the husband and the father are equally worshipable. The father is the protector of a woman during her youthful life, whereas the father is her protector during her childhood. Thus, both are worshipable, but especially the father, because he is the giver of the body. Lord Shiva remained, Lord Shiva reminded Sati, Your father is undoubtedly worshipable, even more than I am, but take care, for although he is the giver of your body, he may also be the taker of your body, because when you see your father, because of your association with me, he may insult you. An insult from a relative is worse than death, especially when one is well situated. Chita Parapad Ki Jai Text 25 If, in spite of this instruction, you decide to go, neglecting my words, the future will not be good for you. You are most respectable, and when you are insulted by your relative, this insult will immediately be equal to death. Lord Shiva has spoken. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth canto, third chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled Talks Between Lord Shiva and Sati. And that brings us to chapter 4. Sati quits her body. Text 1 The sage Maitreya said, Lord Shiva was silent and speaking to Sati, seeing her between decisions. Sati was very much anxious to see her relatives at her father's house. But at the same time, she was afraid of Lord Shiva's warning. Her mind unsettled, she moved in and out of the room as a swing moves this way and that way. <laughs> Purport. Sati's mind was divided about whether to go to her father's house or obey the orders of Lord Shiva. The struggle between the two decisions was so strong that she was pushed from one side of the room to another, and she began to move just like the pendulum of a clock. <laughs> Text 2 Sati felt very sorry at being forbidden to go see her relatives at her father's house, and due to affection for them, tears fell from her eyes. Shaking and very much afflicted, she looked at her uncommon husband, Lord Shiva, as if she were going to blast him with her vision. <laughs> Purport. The word apriti purusham. The word apriti purusham, used in this verse, means one who has no equal, 
Lord Shiva has no equal in the material world in regard to equality towards everyone. His wife, Sati, knew that her husband was equal towards everyone, so why in this case was he so unkind to his wife that he did not allow her to go to her father's house? This distressed her more than she could tolerate, and she looked at her husband as if she were ready to blast him with her vision. In other words, since Lord Shiva is the Atma, Shiva also means Atma, it is indicated here that Sati was prepared to commit suicide. Another meaning of the word, Aparti Purusha, is the personality who has no rival. Since Lord Shiva could not be persuaded to give her permission, Sati took shelter of a woman's last weapon, weeping, <laughs> which forces a husband to agree to the proposal of his wife. Text 3 Thereafter, Sati left her husband, Lord Shiva, who had given her half his body due to affection. Breathing very heavily because of anger and bereavement, she went to the house of her father. This less intelligent act was due to her being a weak woman. Purport. According to the Vedic conception of family life, the husband gives half his body to his wife, and the wife gives half of her body to her husband. In other words, a husband without a wife or a wife without a husband is incomplete. Vedic marital relationship existed between Lord Shiva and Sati, but sometimes, due to weakness, a woman becomes very attracted by the members of her father's house, and this happened to Sati. In this verse, it is specifically mentioned that she wanted to leave such a great husband as Shiva because of her womanly weakness. In other words, womanly weakness exists even in the relationship between husband and wife. Generally, separation between husband and wife is due to womanly behavior. Divorce takes place due to womanly weakness. The best course for a woman is to abide by the orders of her husband. That makes family life very peaceful. Sometimes there may be misunderstandings between husband and wife, as found even in such an elevated family relationship as that of Sati and Lord Shiva. But a wife should not leave her husband's protection because of such a misunderstanding. If she does so, it is understood to be due to her womanly weakness. Text 4 When they saw Sati leaving alone very rapidly, thousands of Lord Shiva's disciples, headed by Maniman and Mada, quickly followed her with his bull, Nandi, in front and accompanied by the Yakshas. Purport Sati was going very fast so that, he might not, so that she might not be checked by her husband but she was immediately followed by the many thousands of disciples of Lord Shiva headed by the Yakshas, Maniman and Mada, 
the word gatavyata, gatavyataha, used in this connection, means without fear. Sati did not care that she was going alone. Therefore, she was almost fearless. The word anucharaha is also significant, for it indicates that Lord Shiva's disciples were always ready to sacrifice anything for Lord Shiva. All of them could understand the desire of Shiva, who did not want Sati to go alone. Anucharaha means those who can immediately understand the purpose of their master. Text 5. The disciples of Lord Shiva arranged for Sati to be seated on the back of a bull and gave her the bird, which was her pet. They bore a lotus flower, a mirror, and all such paraphernalia for her enjoyment and covered her with, great, with a great canopy, followed by a singing party with drums, conch shells, and bugles. The entire procession was as pompous as a royal parade. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Text 6. When she reached her father's house, where the sacrifice was being performed, she entered the arena where everyone was, when everyone was chanting the Vedic hymns. The great sages, brahmanas, and demigods were all assembled there, and there were many sacrificial animals, as well as pots made of clay, wood, iron, gold, grass, and skin, which were all requisite for the sacrifice. Purport. When learned sages and brahmanas assembled to chant Vedic mantras, some of them also engaged in arguing about the conclusion of the scriptures. Thus, some of the sages and brahmanas were arguing, and some of them were chanting the Vedic mantras. So the entire atmosphere was surcharged with transcendental sound vibration. This transcendental sound vibration has been simplified in the transcendental vibration Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. In this age, no one is expected to be highly educated in the Vedic ways of understanding because people are very slow, lazy, and unfortunate. Therefore, Lord Chaitanya has recommended the sound vibration, Hare Krishna. And in the Srimad Bhagavatam 11.5.32, it is also recommended, Yajnai Sankirtana Prayaya Yajantihi Sumedasaha. At the present moment, it is impossible to gather sacrificial necessities because of the poverty of the population and their lack of knowledge in Vedic mantras. Therefore, for this age it is recommended that people gather together and chant the Hare Krishna mantra to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is accompanied by his associates. Indirectly this indicates Lord Chaitanya, who is accompanied by his associates, Nityananda, Advaita, and others. That is the process 
for, for performing yajna in this age. Another significant point in this verse is that there were animals for sacrifice. That these animals were meant for sacrifice does not mean that they were meant to be killed. The great sages and realized souls assembled, assembled were performing yajyas and their realization was tested by animal sacrifice. Just as in modern science, tests are made on animals to determine the effectiveness of a particular medicine. The brahmanas entrusted with the performance of yajna were very, realize, were very realized souls, and to test their realization, an old animal was offered in the fire and rejuvenated. That was the test of a Vedic mantra. The animals gathered were not meant to be killed and eaten. The real purpose of a sacrifice was not to replace a slaughterhouse, but to test a Vedic mantra by giving an animal new life. Animals were used to test the power of, of Vedic mantras, not for meat. Hare Krishna. So that brings us almost to 8 o'clock, believe it or not. So we'll stop here, our readings, and tomorrow we'll start with text 7. And we will wait patiently for the reflections of the assembled sages, the devotees of the Lord. Hare Krishna. First this evening is Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, Gopakanya Devi Dasi, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages, all glories to Srila Prabhupada in your daily reading service. Jai Srimad Bhagavatam. Jai Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. And from Sudevi Dasi. Yes, Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna Maharaj. To you, Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj. How wonderful it is that above and beyond everything else, there is you every day, and you only bring transcendental wisdom. Well, Hare Krishna, thank you very much. I'm just, as, you, as I always tell you, I'm just a peon trying to deliver the mail and Srila Prabhupada is delivering the mail. His books are transcendental incarnations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And he is present, Srila Prabhupada, in his purports for sure. And that's what we're getting, this empowered sound. Hare Krishna. That much credit I will take. And from Anandamurti. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much 
for readings of Srila Prabhupada's books every day? Well, uh, thank you very much, and uh, you're welcome. And from Bhakta Rupa? Yes, Bhakta Rupa. Please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Wonderful reading tonight, Maharaj. Very nice how Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, is the purest form of Krishna for us low people in this age of Kali. Mm. Amazing. Yes, Rupa Goswami states in his uh, Namastaka he glorifies the, the, the name of the Lord uh, as the most perfect form of the Lord. He says that because the Lord is so easily accessible and he's, he goes with you wherever you go. You can, you can take him wherever you want and chant Hare Krishna wherever you want without any hard and fast rules. Uh, just now, I'd like, to, I'd like to chant the verse. I just have to get it up. I forget that particular Sanskrit verse. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is Yes. Krishna Purna Vapushe Namo Namaha. The perfect and complete form of Lord Krishna. O holy name, you destroyed the many sufferings of those who take shelter of you. You are the very form of concentrated spiritual bliss, a festival for happiness for Gokula and the perfect and complete form of Lord Krishna. Again and again, I bow to you, Hare Krishna. This is from Sarvagya. Yes, Sarvagya. Dandavat Pranam Maharaj. I remember there is a book called Mother Mothers and Master, written by Bhakti Vikash Swami. Amazing book, How Women Should Be. Hare Krishna. I think that's what he was trying to say. It's all here in the Bhagavatam. from Rati Manjari yes Rati dear Guru Maharaj please accept my humble obeisances Jai Sri the Prabhupada tonight I fell asleep on the couch and thus I came a little late but I am thankful to the super soul that I could attend at least a part of the reading <laughs> tonight there were some hard to hear parts in the reading such as this one in Srimad Bhagavatam 443 in this verse, it is specifically mentioned that she wanted to leave such a great husband as Shiva because of her womanly weakness. 
In other words, womanly weakness exists even in the relationship between husband and wife. Generally, separation between husband and wife is due to womanly behavior. Divorce takes place due to womanly weakness. This means, see, I, I'm not in the body of a woman, so I can't honestly say that I know exactly how you feel. But logically and practically, this idea that women are weaker or they're less intelligent or whatever is not meant to be a condemnation of the class at all, at all. Uh, it means that they're, they're moved more by their emotions than men are. Men are more moved by their intellect in general. This is just a general statement. The, the, the physical structure and the subtle bodies of men and women are definitely different. They're not the same. And therefore, because the woman is, is weaker physically and uh, emotionally, she's prone to come to tears, you know, uh, easily. Uh, therefore, the natural psychology between the man and woman, or husband and wife in particular, is that the woman wants to be protected by the husband, and the husband wants to protect the wife. That is the nature. You cannot change that material nature. It is a law of nature. Now all so many things are going on to try to conquer nature, to try to rebel against the laws of God, or the laws of nature. So these things should be accepted not as criticism or not as, you know, a, a demeaning comment, but it means we have different roles based on our natures. And if we, if we play those roles properly, then our lives become auspicious. And if not, they become inauspicious. And right now, the world is not becoming more auspicious because the idea of men being equal is becoming more and more prominent. It doesn't, it's not making the world more peaceful. We have these laws of nature, subtle and gross, uh, in order to make the, the, the atmosphere of the world more peaceful so that we can think of Krishna. Because whether we're man or woman, you know, if we forget Krishna, then we forget our real purpose and we become, uh, we suffer as a result of that. Hare Krishna. The woman is so important that the population of the earth depends on her chastity and her goodness. She's the first guru of all of us. So she's the most respectable person. Hare Krishna. This is also from Rati Mandra. Hmm. Being a divorced woman myself, this is not easy for me to hear. Of course I can rationalize this because I trust Sri the Prabhupada. But I would like to know your explanation of this statement. Thank you for spontaneously offering it. It is not that 
it's a it's a hard and fast rule. This is not it's not like that. It's a mechanical. It apply every single thing that he says applies to every single woman and man. It's not like that. You know, excuse me for being personal, but I know that your husband passed away, and it's not that because, you know, that's your fault at all, for any reason. So. It doesn't mean that it's always a woman's fault because there's divorce. It doesn't mean that. It's not meant to be taken like that, like a law. Prabhupada used to blame the men for the situation of the world, for the chaos that's going on. And, and the fact is that both men and women, when they're afflicted by unnecessary or overly intense sexual urges and desires, and they act them out, then everything becomes ruined. Hare Krishna. She says thank you. Hare Krishna. And she also had another short question. Hmm. Also, I would like to know if the tears of a woman are always considered a weapon. No, of course not. They're just—they're—they're—they're they're not physically capable of fighting and 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 conquering, or defeating man physically. Therefore, in every single sporting event in the world, the records are less for the women than for the men, without exception. So therefore the woman, you may think she's disadvantaged. No, she's not disadvantaged. Because as soon as the tears come, the man's hearts melt and then they're, they're controlled. In, in India sometimes the Westerners think that when the Indian, when the Indian women are considered second class. No, they're controlling everything. They just do it from the back. That's all. That's the difference. In, in my humble opinion, it's more intelligent. <laughs> Hare Krishna. They use the gifts they've been given by God in order to control the whole situation. Hare Krishna. They don't have to be the president and get shot at and so many <laughs> and so many you know, dangerous kinds of situations. They're not meant for that. They're meant to be protected. From Bhakti Rupa. Yes, Bhakti Rupa. <coughs> Found it interesting that a man gives half of his body to his wife and vice versa. I personally witnessed that when my parents got divorced, my dad became maimed by the split. Yes. Yes, and sometimes when one of them leaves, if they're actually properly affectionate toward one or the other, will will leave. Not that he'll she'll jump in a fire, or he'll jump in a fire. They just they just can't live without each other. So if one dies, the other one will die also. Not in every case, but in some cases. From 
Daitari Hari. Who? Daitari Hari. Daitari Hari, Haribo. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances, our glories to Srila Prabhupada. We heard tonight about Sati's womanly weakness being the cause of her not being able to overcome her attachment, even though she understood it wouldn't end well by the words of her husband. It seems like on all levels of existence, both higher and lower, different personality types have the same general strengths and weaknesses. I heard Shivaram Swami say that even in the case of Radha and Krishna, Radharani is more compassionate and soft-hearted towards the fallen souls because of her feminine nature, but she is also less able to discriminate as well as Krishna. This is what individual personality seems to be all about. However, it seems hard for us with our Western conditioning to understand things in their proper perspective and we see things in the light of our exploitative culture where women are regularly taken advantage of by men and modern men are so weak in character. Yes, exactly. The problem is not being a man or being a woman. It's try, it's, the problem is trying to avoid following the laws of nature. <laughs> it's so clear. Actually, Srila Prabhupada explains that because we're taking birth again and again and again, and sometimes, you know, the woman will become attached to man and then become a man in the next life. And then in, in the body of a man, they'll become attached to a woman and become a woman in the next life. And this will go back and forth. And their subtle body carries the, the, the memories of all these things. And at some point, after doing that so many times, the mind becomes confused and they come out in a body that's male, but they're feeling female and, and verse, vice versa. And therefore you see all of these, you know, change, trans, transgender people running around. And it's all due to that. It's all due to the, the subtle body, you know, feeling different than the, than the physical body they've achieved because it's been going back and forth and back and forth so many times. So this is all a part of the evolution or the evolution of the Kali Yuga. And eventually, Krishna, who is supremely compassionate, he comes and he eliminates most of the population because they become so fallen, they can't hear anything about spiritual life. These are all symptoms of the soul becoming more attached to the body and more and more and more attached as we go into the Kali Yuga. It's not that women's lib or men's lib or any kind of lib or liberation is the problem. The problem are the modes of nature and they go deeper and deeper into passion and ignorance and the atmosphere automatically becomes more agitated and more bewildered. Those are the symptoms of the, of the modes of nature. So if we learn this philosophy and learn to see ourselves and the world and everything else in, through the, the eyes of that knowledge, Shastra Chakshus, then we see things clearly and we don't become so disturbed because we hear one sentence that in which 
women are said to be weaker, or, or men are foolish, or whatever. Or cruel, or, or you know, hard-hearted, or whatever. Hare Krishna. I'm getting a little carried away here. Hare Yes, Bhakti Nikki. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Your explanations about the feminine and masculine natures, particularly, quote, it is the nature of the wife to want to be protected and the nature of the husband to want to protect, unquote, has forced me to acknowledge my needs to feel safe rather than reject my nature in the name of equality. Thank you for the wonderful reading, as usual. Also puts into proper perspective my own tendency to be thus discriminate in the name of compassion. Thank you very much, Hare Krishna. You, you have good ears and you have good intelligence. Thank you. And from Anandamurti. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Maharaj, I have a question which is not directly for today's class, but about book distribution. Yesterday I have distributed 38 Bhagavad Gita on the street in front of Kyoto University and so on. Wow. And two were at other places and 20 to one Indian restaurant and total 60 because now I am engaging the marathon for radostomy. Usually I only give books when I receive donation, but it is a marathon, so this time I met ver many very nice persons and got donations. But about other receivers, they didn't give me any donations, although I asked them to donate. But almost they are these students, and they promised to read the Gita and seemed interested to read, so I gave it to them. For my distribution, I am Grihasta, so all books I first buy and then give. But still in this case, without getting donations, this Sankirtan Yagya becomes incomplete. I don't want to be unkind to the students, so... I am not a good Sankirtan devotee, so I am afraid of it very much. <laughs> Anandamurti, you are a great Sankirtan devotee. Not only you are not a bad Sankirtan devotee, you are a great Sankirtan devotee. And you're doing exactly what you should do. You're getting enough donations to cover the cost of the books, and that's enough, that's good. And if you meet a nice person who doesn't have any money, but, but wants the book, then give it to him. And another person doesn't want the book so much, but they want to give a lot of money, take the money and give books out to others who don't have money. It's perfect. I see no problem whatsoever. And the end of the day, because Krishna's in the heart, you're, you're, you're meeting nicer and nicer people. Because in your heart, you're a nice devotee. Hare Krishna. Such wonderful reflections from all of you. Thank you very much.
Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabhita Bhakta Brinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same place, same time, same topic. And it's finally going to happen. The result of all, all of this anger is going to break loose. And we're going to see where the source of all this fighting is. is. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow. Hari Bo.